This is Britta, and welcome to Model Jeans Podcast. This podcast is to introduce you to working models from around the world. From great laughs to tears of horror, our models will discuss their journey and what makes their workday in the modeling industry. This following podcast is brought to you by Model Genealogy. It's an informational platform that provides skills for aspiring models to succeed. You can take the test and find out what type of model you are, and they'll guide you on the path that is right for you in the modeling industry. Models will learn everything from how to get an agent and what to do once you get one, what type of pictures are right for you, what the client's expectations are, how to take care of yourself as a model, and what to expect if you want to work in other markets, plus much more. with Model Jeans Podcast and I'm here today with P.S. Prevet and she is a mom of a model and I thought it'd be a really good idea to bring her in to kind of give a little bit of twist of things that we see on the other side um, with our models. How are you doing? Hey Britta, it's great. It's really great to be here. Um, Britta and I have what We've known each other back and forth probably about four or five years. Yeah, if not more. Working with you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you on, and I know that you've gone through a lot as a mom um, of a model, and so I wanted to kind of get into your brain of things that you've you've experienced and um, advice, and um, not just for the parents, but for models as well um, of what you maybe you saw or what your daughter and you do talk about at times. Um, I always start with a story. It could be like, um, uh, maybe like you were working with your daughter, um, uh, something with modeling where it was like embarrassing, you know, at the time or funny or like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that just happened. Do you have any like stories that stand out, times that stand out? Well, you know, you always have the traditional you know, one of the young women not knowing, not working the fabric correctly and falling on the runway. You know, we always have that. Um, unfortunately, sometimes in fittings, the designers don't get to tack up the dresses or, you know, the model's not quite as tall as they originally thought. And, you know, we have that model going down on the runway. Uh, very, I always feel for the woman and or the man. And, you know, knowing that, you know, uh, you just, pick yourself up and, you know, you learn from it. Like, uh, you know, making sure that, uh, you have to learn how to, you have to learn how to work the fabric. You have to, and you have to have, do not wear new shoes on the runway. (laughs) I have told them over and over again, the girls do not wear new shoes, do not wear new shoes. And lo and behold, and I remember one time this young woman, we were doing a, a, I don't know, a workshop and she fell. And I really, I'm sorry, maybe I was a little, you know, a little rude about it. And I looked at her and I said, how many times have I told you never wear new shoes on a runway? And bless her heart, you know, she was embarrassed. I didn't mean it that way. It was kind of a learning lesson, you know, to let the other models know that, you know, you don't break in shoes on the runway. And you're a mom who's gotten more involved, obviously, in the fashion side of things. Um, You have your own um, company, High Tech Moda, which um, does 
runway shows in New York. Um, and I think one of the big things I always tell the girls is that runways are all different types of surfaces and you should never trust the runway, but you need to trust your shoes to do the work. Um, and do you want to kind of explain like the reason why you don't wear new shoes? Well, yeah, because many of the times they're slick. Now, when we say this, we don't mean get your most favorite 10-year-old shoes that probably need to go in the donation bin. We're not saying that because your shoes do matter on the runway. In other words, what you are seeing, uh, and especially if you're in a garment where you have to move the fabric for you to walk, you know, then those 10 year old shoes are going to be like, oh, wow, that that's a she's wearing a eight thousand dollar gown with a 10 year, 10, you know, 10 year old pair of shoes doesn't match. All scuffed up and everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I your fave, ladies and men, but I'm going to tell you. So you to, to your point, Britta, you don't know what the service is like. I remember I was at one um, I was at one show and someone fell on the runway and they left a sheen on the runway. Every girl after that went down. <laughs> That's like a good memorable uh, event. <laughs> I was just like, but yeah, she hit, for some reason she split. She, so you, the point is, you never know what's going on in that runway, so you have to be prepared. Example, like maybe that dress is a little bit too long. You need to learn how to work your fabric because that's what models do. That's what you are. That's where you're on the runway to do is to work the fabric and sell the garment. Yeah, as Make much it as look fabulous. As much as we don't like saying this, um, the model is the product, and yeah. uh, she her job is to sell that piece of clothing or piece of fabric. Um, and so uh, she's kind of like the hanger that shows everybody what that fabric can do. Um, and she has to remember that she she's the product in the sense. Does that make sense? So she, it's not about her. It's about the dress that she's wearing. Let me tell you, there was a, a we had a, I had a costume designer, a couture costume designer come in. And she had, it, it was called a trash bag collection. She literally made it out of trash bags. And I will never forget this model. It was, she, I saw her pictures and I, I wanted to buy that trash bag, literally. <laughs> it, no, I'm serious. She wore it like she was wearing a, 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 I don't know, a Gucci. And everybody's like, oh, she's fat. Wait, what is she wearing? That's what you do. Amazing. Um, so you, uh, you um, did not grow up in New York. Uh, you grew up out, out of New York. So you didn't really grow up in the fashion industry to start off with um and neither did your daughter um do you want to talk about how you got started in like learning about the fashion industry and about modeling and um how you your daughter got into modeling in the first place sure well l l i've always loved fashion i'm 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 a clothes horse i've always loved fashion i've always been like five years ahead of my trend or five years ahead of what i you know where i was i did live in multiple places throughout the you know united states uh i had a different type of job 
you know? So, um, and what happened is I, um, of course, raised my children and then we came into the Metro DC area. Um, and, uh, by then my, uh, Paige, who's my daughter, my youngest daughter, I have two Amber and Paige. Um, Paige then started becoming interesting, interested in modeling. And I was like, well, you know, to your point, Britta, where I'm like, well, I don't really know. But you want to know something? I got to tell you something. There's kind of like if you really want it, there's nothing really can stand in your way. So I was like, hmm, you know, I really like this. It's it has to deal with young people, men and women. It's a mentorship position. It's a, a you know, it's learning a skill, you know, something that could be very lucrative. So I was like, why not? So what happened is that we met a few people. Oh, I met a, an event planner and the event planner used to have designers come in and have models come and, and walk on the runway. So that really started her in, on the runway. And then of course, anyone that knows me knows I'm extremely type A and I'm not one of those parents that likes to sit. And there's something wrong with those parents. Sometimes they love taking pictures and you know, everybody's got a role. I'm not, I just like, I like being where things are moving, you know? So I would just simply say, Hey, you guys need, do you need help backstage? You need help dressing the models or whatever. And of course, you know, they're like, Oh yeah, yeah. Come on, come on. So anyway, so um, that is how, um, Paige started in, in modeling. She started actually on runway. Um, and then from there, uh, what took her into New York is one of the, uh, uh, production companies were going up to New York and they happened to, I, I thought she was showing here in DC again. And I said to her, Hey, um, you know, Hey, do you have any shows coming up? She goes, I'm on my way right now to New York fashion week. And I'm like, what? I was like, well, and she knew Paige at that point in time. And she was like, well, why don't you, I go, do you have any openings for us? You know, I'll come help if you need me to, or do you have any openings for Paige? She goes, bring her, bring her. Now, let me tell you guys something, why they, she said, bring her. Paige, and I'm not just saying this because my daughter, because there's many models like this. She does what she's asked to do. She's not high maintenance. She um, listens to the designer. She uh, works the, she does her best on the runway. I'm not saying she's, a, at that time she was not a professional. So she took everything. Sometimes what happens if, if a model becomes a little high maintenance, they, the designer does not want to get rid of them. And there's something else too that I've seen before. There has been designers that have looked at women, young women, and I love all you, and has said no. And I hurt the model's feelings. This is a business. Yes, it's it, yes, it's sucked. But it's not to say as as myself as a producer, if that happens to my one of my models, that I can't find you another place. At that point in time, I was not in that position. There was hundreds of models, you know, um, you know, and so anyway, so that's, that's some of the things that I saw, but once again, she was very easy, very easy to get along with. She, she was on time. 
had her model bag, had all the things that she needed to do. And honestly, you know who taught us? We Googled it. We watched other, uh, other, other models, talked to the models. When I go into New York, I bring a mixed bag of, I bring professional models in, I bring models that are aspiring to be professionals. So you can learn from each other because you want to be them. Yeah. Do you remember uh, the first time that Paige got a no and how did you handle it as a parent? Well, it hurt. Yeah, it hurt. Sure, it hurt, you know, but Paige is much more laid back than I am. I was probably more hurt than she's like, okay, whatever, that's fine. Because what it was is Paige actually has um, larger hips. She is a uh, American women uh, tend to be larger in the hips. Now, I'm not saying they are hippie, but their structure is larger. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. So, so if you get a European designer or designer from China, I mean, seriously, they just they, the, the women's hips are just very much more narrow than 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 uh, our American girls. It's just the way who we are. And I think the designers have caught on to that, especially the American designers and designers that now design. This was probably about mm, five years ago, maybe five, six years ago. And they really hadn't caught that on yet because you remember they're still they're, now they're working in the the plus size and things like that. But anyway, so um, that is pretty much well what got her. And I, I feel that once again, it was she was ready. She was on time and she just did what they asked her to do. You know, and, and that's just very crucially important. Yeah, I know. I, I agree. And um, when you're when you're saying like they she does what they ask her to do, it's nothing out of the ordinary, extravagant or dangerous or unsafe, unhealthy. Um, it's just like sit here, do this, you know, like get your nails done. Like they're just asking like simple things. Right. Um, hang up the clothes on the hanger. <laughs> exactly. No, you know, that makes a big deal. It, it is. I mean, it's respect. Have, you know, it's respect. Models throwing clothes at you. And I mean, this, this, these people have invested thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars sometimes. Yeah. You know, and you have to be respectful of that. Exactly. Um, so I have a, I have a question as a, a parent. So you have two daughters, you have one yeah. that has been doing modeling. Uh, was there at the beginning, uh, for your other daughter, were you trying to get her into modeling? Was she interested? How did, how did she feel about it? Did she feel left out? Or, you know, like, how did that little combination work? Because sometimes you have, like, obviously, there's two daughters, two girls, you know, who maybe who want to do it, but only one makes it. Or maybe the other one is, is or is not interested and the parent wants both of them in or not want them both in. What was the, well, my other daughter, um, Amber, and may I add, I'm, proud, I'm very proud of them both. My other daughter, Amber is very funny because my page is actually a blonde and I always tell blondes, blondes, you have to do something that sets you a little bit different where people, because I'm a blonde, I'm blonde hair, blue eyed, fair skin, everything just kind of runs together, right? Not all blondes. But my oldest daughter, Amber, is an exotic blonde. So what that means is mm. she's got these long black 
natural eyelashes and she has this fabulous hair and very structured face, which a camera loves. And she's a little bit, she was not as tall as Paige. And I said to her, listen, and, and, and Britta, you and I have spoken to this. So what you can't do runway, do print. She would have been a perfect print model. You know, you don't have to be five eight, five nine, five seven, five eight, five nine. I mean, she was she's five foot four. She would have been beautiful because there's hair models, there's nail models, there's lip models, there's chin models. She could have done that, but how do I say this? She didn't see that yet in herself. Yeah, and and sometimes that's really hard when you're like a parent trying to navigate, and you have one girl who doesn't feel like she, even like maybe she could be pretty enough or you know like like good you know like her sister or she's comparing herself in yes. some some way and you you have to be able to obviously give equal love to both um but also help that other daughter try to find her way um on what's going to make her happy in the end so she didn't, she, she didn't want to, I would have brought, I would have been more than happy to put her <laughs> into the print space, you know, taking her in because like I said, she has these amazing eyelashes and she has this beautiful hair and she's got this gorgeous, very chiseled structure that you don't normally, she, uh, her, uh, father has, um, Indian American Indian ah. and it's been through, through her more than it is my other daughter. And, you know, and you know what, here's the whole thing as a parent, if they don't want to do it, they don't want to do it. Yeah. So you just have to kind of swallow the pill and say, okay, where do you want to go? You know, what do you want to do? And I've seen this in, in certain parents who it's their dream. It's not their child's dream, but it's their dream. And then the child gets so burnt out with the parent pushing them. And I'm sure you've ran into this during um, your shows as well. Oh, absolutely. So there's a couple things. Let me just go here. When parents say to me, and they don't all say that, I'm going to tell you something. I can, nobody can appreciate your dream more than me because I, I I was there. I, I understand. But when parents say things like to me, well, you know what? my daughter doesn't pay to, to, to come into New York. Well, let me tell you something to create my daughter's portfolio. I paid big time. I mean, you go into New York city, you have to have a portfolio and your portfolio is, it's not, you know, the guy in the street taking pictures. You have, um, you have makeup artists, you have a stylist, you have your photographer, you have Uber rides, I would say easily every portfolio my daughter built when before she became a professional model was about twenty five to twenty eight hundred dollars. She had to have that portfolio. And so when they say that, I'm like, and and really, she has to have a, a portfolio update. She doesn't have to do it quite as much now. But, you know, like once every two years. And also, what industry are they going for? Are they going for commercial? Are they going for, uh, you know, are they going for um, uh, runway? Are they going for print? Are they going for, what are they doing? So that's very crucial that not one runway fits and not one all, not one portfolio fits every model. So you have to know where the money, oh, the money 
you know, where is the money um, being able to, where can your child make money? So Paige started in, in, uh, on the runway, but she is now a professional fit and a professional uh, print model. And uh, let's even on a runway. Yeah, let's explain to everybody what a fit model is because everybody thinks it's fitness and it's not fitness. <laughs> well, the fitness is crucial though. The fit model. So, fit model is someone who is, and I make it. And I don't want to ever um, take away from what they do because you know she is in New York City. She's running from casting to casting. She has to when when a designer gets to a certain level of a having a um, a, a garment done. They want it on a body, a person to say, well, you know what? It's, 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 it's a little tight under my arms or, you know, the crotch is going up in the back. And, and that's what the fit model does. I've Paige is now doing virtual fit modelings. Now that we're in the, you know, COVID she left uh, New York March 13th. And I hear her talking to the designers like, you know, oh, it's a little tight here. You know, maybe this should be dropped. She now understands the garment to be able to help the designer make the best design, the best pattern, because then it goes to wherever Europe or China or Turkey to go ahead and create it, create the sizes. Now, with that being said, and you guys are really going to love this, some of the most demand models, Paige said, that make the most money in New York City are the girls that are uh, 10, 12, 14, 16. They are in high demand. Yeah, they are. So don't think you have to be too far. And because, and I've told Britta this, and I, I told you guys earlier that Paige's body structure is actually a very large four, small six. But if you look at her, you're like, oh, no, she's a two four. There's no way, but she's not. And because of that, that makes her very appealing. I mean, she has fit for Ralph Lauren, Brooke Brothers, um, uh, 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 Victoria's Secret, um, you know, all the big brands, um, you know, the different big names and even the independents. Some of the things I see her bringing, uh, showing and fitting, I'm like, oh, my gosh, that is so cute. But anyway, so that is it. And then what happens is that then it only makes sense. Many a times the designer's like, well, I, I, I might as well go ahead and hire you for, the, for my, my print too, because I know the clothes will fit. With that being said, that means that she has to keep her skin up, her figure up, her hair done, her hair up, um, her makeup up. She has to be clean, shaved, and she has to be toned. And, and, and Britta, you know, that's, that's one of the things that the agency does. Like when she first got into the industry, she was like, I have never had people talk about my body the way they, that, that I'm taught, you know, like you need to roll out your legs, you're showing cellulite on the back because yeah, she gets down to her bra and underwear. Now, with that being said, the people are very professional when you get into the professional designers, you know, even if it's a male, they're very, they touch I've actually been, when she was younger, I went to a couple fittings with her in this area and they touch, the, they, they don't, they handle the fabric. They don't handle the model. It's very Correct. interesting. Correct. They're very professional. Yep. And I, I go with either, with the minors, um, 
as well, um, whether they're teenagers or kids. Um, and well, yeah, when you do do fittings, uh, they have to be able to tack the fabric or or make marks on the fabric. So they're going to touch you in not sexually in any way, but like no. they're, yeah. they're they have to they have to while the fabric is being worn, they have to make those adjustments. And so there's a release form that models will, um, uh, you know, sign off on knowing that there, they also have to sign off on like a photo release. Um, because sometimes the designers will take a picture of the model in that outfit to put on their board so that they can talk about it with their team. Um, and with the, the manufacturers in the other countries so they all understand what it's supposed to look like um and um i know for you know for fit modeling there's so many sizes you have to have certain measurements for each size each designer yeah. has specific measurements for each size so like um whether it's like target or ralph lauren um the height and the measurements may be different for a size four. Correct. Um, Correct. So it's um, it's very intricate. Um, and uh, have you ever, um, I feel like fit models, it's like the most laid back type thing. Have, have you or has Paige ever felt uncomfortable doing fit modeling? Because it is. Oh, too. She, does show, she does showroom too also. So interesting you say that. So she stands sometimes 12 hours. Her back hurts. Her neck hurts. She has to be. And let me tell you, if she is one sixteenth out of the line, it shows. The designers are like, your one shoulder is up higher than the other. And she said they have to stand sometimes. She stands. And it, it's sometimes like she'll go from client to client to client. So what that means is that you're getting dressed. You're going. You um, have to uh, either you have to walk Uber. You have to take the subway. Something. You have to go get up in the building. Security. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're moving, moving, moving. And you're carrying your, your model bag. So yes and no. My whole thing is I've had her tell me that because they know her and maybe she'll be a little bit off on the sizing, they take her because they like working with her because she talks to them and the holidays, she brings them a little gift, nothing expensive, you know, oh, happy birthday or how's your family or are you doing okay? They've literally moved a little bit off their numbers because they like working with her. And I, I mean, that. That's think, important. Yeah, I think that's important. And and I also tell like girls who are trying to get in, like they're not going to move their numbers for a new girl. They're going to move no. num numbers for a girl that first fits their mold. And then as she develops, if, yes. if, if they feel that they can still maneuver around it because they love her so much, that's when they're willing to kind of work with the numbers. But at the very beginning, there's no leeway with the clients. Okay. Agree. I, I totally, no, she's absolutely spot on. Once again, these are clients that she knows. She has built a relationship. I mean, this is, it's a business of relationship, but let me tell you real quick. Paige first went to New York. She was an in-house model. She was an in-house fit model and she was an in-house showroom model, right? So she was in New York. That's what took her from the Washington area into New York City. Now, let me tell you something. This is very crucial. 
and you can tell, Britta, because you work in New York too, there's many um, bookers that will not even talk to you if you do not live in the one of the bur- boroughs of New York. And uh, you want to tell parents why that is? Because I think a lot of a lot of parents and a lot of models are like, well, if they like me, they could just hire and book me from where I am. Well, because the client hires you. In other words, the the, the client hires you. And I'll, I'll give you an example. One time, Paige was I can't remember. It was a real high end one of the high end designers, and she lived right there in New York. And she got behind a um, a trash truck of you know one of the big trash, you know, picks up the, all the rubbish and so forth in New York city. And she was, she was running late and that client had a, uh, had other clients with them mm-hmm. and she called and she said, listen, I'm, 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 you know, I'm behind this truck and it's, I'm, I'm going to be late. And they said, how late are you going to be? She said, it's probably going to be about 20 minutes. And they told her, don't come. She lost the job. Don't come. Because you don't know what, who is with that whole waiting for that client. It could be an investor. A, a, a designer could have the investor that came in there and, and wanted to see the design and so forth like that. So then you make it where they can't get it. But anyway, it's more that they, there's pages literally filled in for people that have called in sick. Um, you know, they have, she's one of the top uh, fit models in, in her agency. And what happens is that they have the girls that are all the models, I should say all the models that are aligned that are very similar in size. So if somebody gets sick, they've got to have someone because the, the, the agency's got to fill that bill because they don't want to lose the client because the client could be like, well, every time I try to book Pam, she's, you know, she never can show up. So what they do, and this is very risky, what they do is that they send their next model that almost meets the exact same size. Then what happened, pages were literally replaced a model before because yes. they liked her more than the original model. Yes. And it happens in a blink of an eye and uh, yeah. they just don't have the patience. And so, and literally even for castings, um, it'll be like, Hey, um, where are you? I'm at the gym. I need you at this casting in 10 minutes and mm-hmm. you literally have to change. You have to have your clothes with you at all times when you're a New York model because you have to change and run instantly to that appointment. That's true. And it's very arduous. In other words, anyone, every time I go to New York city, I trash my shoes. And I mean, New York is a very, <laughs> it, it, the, 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 it's just, a, it's, she makes good money. But you know what? I mean, she lives in a very small apartment with two other girls. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, you know, everybody's, most people have been to New York. I, I only know New York. I don't know LA. I don't know Miami. I only know New York. But let me tell you real quick. So Paige went up there uh, to be an in-house model for a company that was actually similar to what you were saying, Britta, that were, they were like, a, it was mixed apparel. And what they do is kind of like a Target, Target type inside of their grocery stores, very common in different, uh, like Alaska has them, um, where it's kind of similar to a super Walmart, okay? But it's a little bit, you know, kind of Target clothes. Well, no, she calls me up and she says, you know, mom, I, and she's working 40 hours, right? And she goes, I don't, didn't really come to New York to do this. And I'm like, well, I'm confused. You're, aren't you modeling? She's like, yeah. 
she's like, but, you know, I'm, you know, working 40 hours, blah, 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 have to have to punch the clock, blah, 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 blah. So she says to me, I go, well, what do you want to do? She goes, I want to freelance. And I was like, okay, you want to go sign on with the agency, something similar to Britta, you know, like freelance. And I was like, well, what do you, you know, I'm little, you know, what's this going to look like? And she's like, well, I really don't know. So there I was telling Britta, I go, Britta, I know all about modeling because I had to mentor Paige all through this. And we have conversations about it. We had to get her portfolio up, you know, and she put in her, um, she put in her notice. And of course she, two weeks and notice and things like that. So anyway, so she signs with an agency and a well-known agency in New York. And, um, so I'm like, okay, here we go. What are you going to be making an hour? Blah, 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 blah. And she said, you know, told me, and I'm like, oh, wow, this is going to be great for you. And, um, one month she'd been out castings, no job. Two months outcasting, no job. Three months outcasting, no job. Now, why I'm saying this is, guess who was paying her rent? Oh, let me guess. <laughs> guess who was paying her New York City rent? And we're and basically, mom, uh, were you like this was the worst decision of our lives, like? Uh, you should get out of modeling. You're, you're done. How, what was your, you know, I said to her, if it doesn't work out, the worst you can do is pack up and come home. But you, you followed your dream. I said, the worst could happen is that you can never, um, uh, she tried, she tried her dream. And I thought, okay, I'm going to go to this last, you know, this last leap of faith with her because she had just gotten through college, four years of college and all that expense and things like that. But I thought, okay, I'm going to let, you know, go ahead and go for it. And of course I said to her, well, are you talking to your booker? What's going on? I was getting a little nervous. And I I mean, I I would say to my husband, she'll just have to come home and get a job down here. And um, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, then the, the, the floodgates opened and she was booked and booked and booked and booked and booked. But yet, you know, Britta, very funny that she told me, she said, I ran into a woman, a young woman that I started out with at my agency and she had been doing it as long as I had. I think that was probably, you know, a couple of years ago. And she goes, she's never been booked. I go, What? She goes, she's never been booked. And by that time, Paige was a high producer. And I don't know what it is. Maybe it was, you know, she came in and she's like, I have arrived. The model has arrived. You know, I don't know. Maybe it was her demeanor. Maybe she stomped. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know the girl. But I mean, something was making her not book because the agency screen you before they send you out. So it's just not some random, you know, they're looking for a size 10. Here you show up, you're a four, six. Right. Yeah. And you never know what's uh, happening with the model when she meets the clients too. Like, is she speaking a certain way? Is she just very stiff and like non-personable? I know clients, you know, aren't really uh, 
for that. So I, you just, and you know, is she what? Is, how is she, what is she wearing? And I'm sure the agency went through all of that with her friend mm-hmm. um, as well. And here's the key: that doesn't mean you talk all the time. That means Correct. you have to find the, because they're working. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes. But everybody likes working with someone they like. Yes, you just have to have a personality and be able to be like easygoing and friendly and interesting. Right. And and exactly. So so it's been a very interesting, you know, very interesting. I I felt really bad, you know, for her. She was at the height of just doing very well. Um, I was telling Britta, too, um, Paige has been casted for some um, there's more high end lingerie companies in New York City. So they're not like, you know, the, you know, the sleazy ones. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that's a better word. That was the word I was thinking. <laughs> and so, she, you know, she said, "Hey, um, oh, let me go back real quick." Before she was booking out, before she started getting booking, I said to her, "I said to her, she was like, Mom, I'm getting nervous because I only paid her rent, honey. I didn't pay everything." And um, and she said, "I said, well, why don't you call back from the place that you just left?" She goes, "But I gave my notice." I said. You never know. Call back. She called back and they're like, oh my gosh, we were just going to look for a part-time person to, to do like 20 hours a week. We'd love to have you. But because she left on good terms. Yes. Yeah. That's- Boom, they hired her. She had some money coming in. You know what I'm saying? Um, um, so that, but anyway, so she'll, she'll say, oh, hey, mom, look at this. Uh, there's a um, a lingerie or bathing suit shoot or whatever, and the pay is five hundred dollars for um, eight hours, eight to ten hours. And I'm like, uh, wow. Uh, and Britta and I've had these conversations. She's like, <laughs> wow, Pam, that's really low. And I said, they get Instagram models to come in and do it. Paige literally cannot take herself off the book. Or the possibility of being booked at the rate that she's at to be able to do that $500 for eight, 10 hours. It's just not worth it. Yeah. And I think bookers, they also look at that. So they'll turn down certain jobs um, because they know you can make more money with the current client or a, a different job. So there's always gambling on what job you can and cannot do um, at that time too. But I do feel like the Instagrammers have definitely um, are more open to lower rates, and that's hurt the modeling part mm-hmm. of the world. Yep. And really, Paige is a working model. I tell everyone she's not a supermodel; she's a working model. What's the she difference? Makes very good money. Explain that to parents. <laughs> okay, so a supermodel would be like Haley Baldwin. Haley Baldwin did that commercial for Calvin Klein and probably got made a million dollars. You know, in other words, she makes really good money on one shoot, one one time because of her name. So, you know, uh, Paige is a working model, which means she has to put so many hours in a week or a month to pay her bills. And she's a 1099 employee. What that means is um, she has to pay her own um, uh, self-employment tax. She has to pay New York City taxes. She has to pay her federal tax. So she has to pay. But on the flip side, 
she, she, I get kind of jealous on this. She can take off her makeup, her underwear, her hair being done, her gym membership, all those things she can take off on her taxes as expenses because she is required to have a certain, you don't have to be beautiful. You do not have to be beautiful. Do never think that because there's a lot of different people. People are looking for different type of models. Yes. So all, but all you have to be is, you know, you have to have taken care of yourself. That's the main thing. And you can write all that off on taxes. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, because you're, you're basically, it's your business. You're, you yeah. are the business. You your body the business. is the business. <laughs> yeah, it is the business. And, and, and like I said, uh, you know, just the whole package, because when she comes out now, we don't know, is she being screened or she doesn't know, is she being screened for print? They could literally, you don't know who you run into. You know, I tell people and people do not believe me. You never know who's around you in New York City. Never, so ever, true. ever. So no. true. They, some of the models get up there and I know they're having a good time, but my heart, the models that are up there to be seen and stuff like that, you never know who's around you. Let me tell you what happened. One model real quick came in with a designer from Mexico and she absolutely positively, she, let me tell you something. She walked for one designer, one, and she was the finale model. So she obviously the designer, I don't know, you know, she was the finale model. She walked one time. That's all she walked. She was in red model the next day. There was somebody, a recruiter, and, and you know, I mean, I go around and I, I, I invite all the, the, if the presidents can't come because they're busy of the, of, of the modeling companies, I invite their scouts. I invite anybody that wants to come in a reputable company. And um, anyway, so she gets in there and she's just excited. Oh my gosh, she was, I mean, she was amazing on the runway. Her photos, everything. She's a peacock, and they got her into red, you know, uh, red model management. And they said, well, "Let us see your portfolio." You know, what she said, "I don't have one." You know what they said to her? Well, why don't you go on home and build your portfolio and come back when you have one? So, this is a true story. Love the girl. She went home, which was on the West Coast. She had a taste of her dream. She was in there. You know, everybody's looking at her. And she started to work on her portfolio. Guess what? She was not strong in facials. She was not strong on, she wasn't on that runway. That runway brings something out in some people, as the camera does in other people. That Some people just love the camera, you know? And she was, but that, that portfolio is the first indication that's going to be sent out to the client. She had a hard time developing her, her, um, um, her portfolio. Now in the beginning, real quick, I have to tell you, I don't expect you to go out and spend two to $3,000 on a beginning portfolio, that photographer that, you know, and trust, and you always go, you know, can start off. You can start out on your iPhones, do posing, look what, look, go through your Vogue, have your child mimic what they see on Vogue and stuff like that. A lot of us, the facials. So anyway, 
She left and she came back about six months later once she had developed her portfolio. Guess what? They didn't want to see her. It was over. It was over. Yeah. And I, and bless her heart, she's still, before COVID, she was still casting. She, of course, had to support herself. She had to, um, you know, she was, you know, I, I don't know what she was doing, but she was having another job. Great kid, but that is a true story. And you know who can validate that? Sharon Roach, because she took her to the Red Model Management. Well, and I think as well, um, a lot of girls don't understand that, um, even if she gets like that first no, it just means that she still needs to work on stuff. Like it was, it hasn't, it's not good enough yet. Like she, obviously she had problems with her movement and her facials for print. Um, and maybe when she got back, red model management saw that she, she wasn't there yet. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of agencies, well, I don't think any agencies pretty much will not just hire you because you're good on the runway and just book you runway. They want girls who are able to do more than that because the money doesn't lie in runway. It lies in um, more print jobs. So they need somebody who said that. who's versatile. Another skill than just runway. You need to come into New York with knowing how to do a couple things. That makes you more marketable. Yeah. Yeah. Was there anything um, that as a parent that you saw as you were working backstage or you're with your daughter that um, kind of made you have like your bunny ears up to being like, uh, oh my gosh, I don't think this is kosher, uh, but like it's all new in this industry and you're, you're trying to like stay calm. Well, there's certain things I just won't stay calm about. I mean, I, I <laughs> my thing is I tell everyone, you know, when you, when, okay, first off parents, you cannot come backstage with your, your children. If you do not, feel comfortable with leaving your child backstage with a, um, with a, um, a guardian. In other words, all my designers have children have designated guardians. If there's 25 kids, I need at least four parents in the back that are taking care of the children. I, I, I one show the woman's like, no, I'm going to stay with my child. And I go, you need to probably get your child to go home. If you cannot trust to leave your child under, you know, supervision. But with that being said, um, I get it. Like, I get it. It's scary. The no, backstages no, are small too. It's in the, oh, you can't have 25 yeah. kids and 25 parents and all of the MUAs, the stylists, the designers, the production team, all in the back of the stage. It's too chaotic. Anyone that comes to New York that has never been to New York, they either say that was the biggest chaotic mess I've ever seen in my life, or I love it because we are in production mode. At that point in time, my designers have worked very hard and long time, and we have an audience, we usually sell out, you know, we have an audience, we have, you know, a lot of people. But with that being said, let let me go back. I'm getting excited about my own show. Um, yes, I, I have to tell you, and I know, I understand, I have two daughters. And even if I had a son, I have a grandson. I understand. And, but I understand the business. If somebody tells you, you cannot come with your daughter to a shoot, do not go. Do not send her. 
you can go, but we have to stay out of the way, totally out of the way. They appreciate it when it's three degrees out and your child is shaking. That's another thing. You can't say, oh, my child's leaving because it's too cold. No, that's what models do. They make it look like they're in sunny, tropical, I don't know, the Bahamas. Now, that doesn't mean when they pull away, you can't go and say to the, the photographer, can I go warmer up with her coat? Absolutely. They care about you. They care about their child, the model, but they have a job to do. And the job is to get the best shot. That's what we're paying them thousands of dollars to do. So that's one thing. You cannot hover over your child. You can be there. You can absolutely do that, but you have to be, you have to stand back because if you get in the way, it causes frustration. Um, another thing is to one thing that I have seen in New York, and this is why I started my own production. And I tell parents, listen, your kids are my kids. I saw, um, men, random men. Now, I mean, guess what guys, I tried to move my children. I try to keep all kids dressing at the same time. I try to keep them in a different area because you know what? I'm sensitive to that. You know, I'm sensitive to that. Uh, I just think it's a good thing. Um, another thing is that, you know, so, but sometimes like, you know, there'll be somebody, I don't know, happens to come through. Like example, a staff person. I can't tell a male staff that is pushing production that they have to cut through. You can't come through because kids are in there. Now, they're not going to be standing around gawking. If I see them, it's like you get in and get out. But at that point in time, they're production people. But anyway, so I have seen people, uh, men, I'm like, why is this person back here? And I say to them, why are you back here? And this is before I was a producer. And they're like, because I can be. And I'm like, what does that mean? And what do you, are you doing back here? Are you anyway, are you a designer? Are you staff? Are you a hairstylist? Are you, you know, somebody that's bringing, you know, value to the production? No, I can just, I, I'm here. Okay. It happens. It really does. So know where you're sending your child. Another thing is, and it, there's nothing in New York that tells you that. That's what's scary about it. No. Yeah. And that's, uh, a, I that they've started nipping that in the butt a little bit more, um, but it definitely needs to be nipped all the way because it's no longer cool. Um, well, it wasn't cool in the first place, but <laughs> but um, but how do you see? Like example, there was one one production company that took the money from all kinds of designers. And, and and took some money from models for hair and makeup. They got into New York, went up to the venue that they thought they were in, and it wasn't paid for. The New York City SWAT team came and put them out. Everybody was shocked. They were the people in my heart bled for those designers and those little kids, little five-year-old kids thinking, oh, this is the best time of my life. That's a true story. There was another model that 
somebody was like, oh, we're selling penthouses and, you know, all you guys can go up and party and stuff like that. Send us your money. And then they ended up at some flop house the models did. These are true stories. Another thing is, ask them, I want to see your pictures of your previous shows and I want to see the video of your previous show. At that point in time, they're on my website, www.hitechmoda.com. That's H-I-T-E-C-H-M-O-D-A.com. You will see my quality production. You will see my photos. And then you make a decision. I may not be the, the show for you. I'm okay with that. Well, and, but, may, and also, you may also have reviews out there on Google um, where yeah. people can look and they can see what – other experiences people have had with you. And I think that's also really important is to do your research. Um, but where do you research? The problem is, is there's no, there's no better business bureau. There's people flying into New York, putting together, just throwing up chairs. You can just walk right down. One show had the girls dressing in the hallway. Now that means you and I are walking into the show and we are passing the models in the hallway that are dressing. Which is not kosher for any anyone that's listening. That's awful. No, it's awful. That's awful. Yeah. Nobody deserves that. Nobody deserves that. And they don't care. So do your research. Do your research. There is some reputable work. I'm an independent show. You know, um, Britta works a lot with the, uh, um, in the IMG space, which is the, you know, the official shows. I'm in the independent shows. I'm one of rated one of the number one independent shows. And what that is, is that I'm coming for you, IMG. That's what that is. You know, you have to pay your dues, Britta. You know, as you're Oh, I do. I understand that completely. Um, I also think that, um, well, and I maybe th- tell me from your experience, um, I don't know if Paige has had to have um, – a moment with her agent and call her agent if she felt uncomfortable in any situation with any of the clients. But that's what the agencies are there for. If you have an agency and if something like the things that we're talking about, changing in the hall, men in the backstage, the model should be able to pick up the phone and call the agency and say, this is going on and the agency needs to take care of it. Has has Paige ever ran into anything where she, she's called her agency and asked for help? She has. Okay, um, good. Yes, she has. Now, I don't know because, of course, as a mom, I'm like, okay, exactly <laughs> what happened and what are we doing here? Um, she, has, she has had situations where... Uh, you, let me let me go back. Usually the agent does a very good job screening because yeah. it, the, the agencies are, are legitimate agencies and they make sure that they're, I mean, they have, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars in insurance, yada, yada, yada. They screen the client. Um, I think it was like she went to one fitting, not a fitting, she went as a showroom model and the People were from outside of New York City. And unfortunately, New York City or any any model has a very high scrutiny. Like, she's a model? You've got to be kidding me. Like, you know, she, she was, they were saying very, 
rude statements. They were talking amongst each other, but they, she could hear them. And at that time, she was a professional model. Professional model means she is paid. When she does anything, she is a paid model. And it made her feel very uncomfortable because this is when she was new, Britta. She was still new into the industry and she was still trying to feel her way out. And you know what? Some people are just idiots, you know, but you can't turn to the person and say, hey, you know, remember, you're there being paid by your agency or by the client. You can't turn around and say to them, hey, you know, don't talk to me that way. So it was very odd for her when she was very beginning. I think she has created a thicker skin by now. But unfortunately, when you have a tag of a New York City model, L.A. model, you know, any model, they people have a certain expectation and maybe you don't meet their expectation, but you meet the client's expectation because the client's paying you. That's something else, too, I got to talk about is that everybody's like, whoa, I don't understand. The agency should be paying you to go there. The agency sends you out. The client pays you. They pay the agency and they pay you. The agency cannot pay you until they get paid by the client. Correct. But for some reason, people seem to think that the agency is the people that are supposed to be cutting your check. You don't need a client. Just send me some money, you know? <laughs> There's a misconception of it. But the, anyway, getting back to what you're saying. The agency yes, is the, the broker, the middleman. The middleman. But I'm going to tell you something. Here's the thing. She's, she's, she's been doing this like close to four years now. So she's seasoned, you know, is, you know, with New York city. And, but I would say, and I would say this to my daughter, if you ever feel uncomfortable that someone is, you know, touching you or leave, leave, because at that point in time, I'm sorry, but it's the agency's problem to handle it. Yeah, it is. I think it is. It is your, it would be yours. <laughs> and no, I think it should be. be in that sense. <laughs> you pay for it. That's what you need to do. Yeah. And I always tell my girls, like, let me be the bad person. Let them hate me. Yes, that's correct. Yep. That is correct. And, 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 and you know what? It's, and they have the experience. Britta has the experience how to navigate through it. You know, and, and but it's a model, especially a newer model. You know, it takes it takes time. It, and let's talk real quick about development like now. So for Paige to go to be a New York City model, it took probably, I'm going to say about two and a half years development. So basically all those girls and all those parents that think that they're going to make college money within the first six months, mm -mm. not going to happen. Well, you know what? There's always... There's always that one out of yeah. a million. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could, but you know, I got to tell you though, the, 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 the industry is so funny. It's very small. Is it not Britta? Everybody it's knows each small. other in some area. Um, it's very small. Um, so if you're a model within the industry, that means you're in a very small industry. I love the fashion industry. I love it. I love the modeling industry. I love it. It's fun. I find it as a mentorship of young women being able to give them the start. Um, Britta has expertise that there's 14 different, 14 or 15 different 
career fields. I see some parents that bring their children to New York on, on my stage because they're hoping that Britta says, oh my God, there's that diamond in the rough. This one kid should be an actress. She is the modern day Shirley Temple. Love her. She's great on the stage, but she if she got in front of a commercial, uh, you know, like a commercial acting, she would just take off. And I think there's a lot of high hopes, on not just on the model, but the parent side, too. Um, and then when, when there's those walls that are hit and they can't get over that wall and they don't understand why, um, they're just over and done instantly with the, with the modeling scene. When they could have been successful. Agre- okay, so I'll tell everyone a real quick story. So my daughter was scouted by a very influential, very well-known person in New York City that said, hey, let, why don't you come into New York? Do you want to act or do you want to model? And this person could, no, don't, here it is. It's also who you know. I mean, right, Britta, it's also who you know. That's how a lot of celebrities' kids, not that they don't work, but, I mean, like Madonna's daughter, she said, I can tell you right now, she didn't learn one-eighth as hard as I did, right? <laughs> um, but he could have carried her right in. Um, and she looked at me and she said, no, Mom, um, I want to finish high school. She was 15 at the time. <laughs> I was like, uh, <laughs> I mean, I was like, oh, I was like, oh my gosh, are you sure? And then the more I was like, you really need to think it's the more she resisted me, right? So you got to take the cue on the kid too. In yes. other words, you don't want to put them in a situation where, you know, they shut the door forever. So anyway, so then she went to high school. And then she had another opportunity after high school, the same person, and said, um, why don't you come up to New York and um, let's do what you didn't do before. That was like three years later. And she said, mm, I want to go to college. I was like, who gets these type of offers twice in their life? I mean, if that had been me, that had just said, uh, uh, yeah, I would have, I would have been packed up there already. <laughs> and, no, seriously, uh, and I'm talking as a very influential person that has a production company, yada yada yada. And she goes, um, I want to go to college. And I said to my husband, Who gets those type of opportunities twice in a row? And actually three times because now she's successfully done it. But anyway, she went off to college because that's what she wanted to do. That was what her path was. Wasn't the path I wanted her to do, but that was her her path. Now she's college educated. Then she says to me, well, gee, I think I want to go to New York. I'm like, now I'm thinking, now wait a minute. At 15, they wanted you up there. At 18, they wanted you up there. And now, oh, she's a ripe old 22, right? She's so old, right, Britta? She's so old. (laughs) I'm like, okay, at old age 22. And I said to her, I said to her, well, you know, if that's what you want to do, do it. I mean, at that time she had her education and, and I, I'm I'm sure uh, that helped her get that first job in New York um, because, you know, she was doing uh, other things, you know, uh, for the um, production house. 
Did you feel um, did you feel like the three years of development was too slow and that like it, sh- it should have been quicker or did you feel like um, it moved along just fine and, and you see why it took those three years and and that it, it made her more successful in the long run? I think what it did is it allowed her to fulfill her own dreams right to your point in the very beginning, you said many parents are living through their children and I get that and I'm okay with that. I, I, I understand it totally. We always want better for our children than what we had. And, and I'm, I'm fine with that. I, 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 it's just, there's nothing wrong with wanting greatness for your children. But my thing is, is that it may not necessarily be their path that they want. Um, what it did do with her being much more mature than 15 to go at you know, 15, 18 to go into New York City. It is New York City. At 22, she's a little bit more mature and she was able to move into the city, which in turn helped her. Um, I know Janice, I cannot remember her name. She has a daughter, a daughter that's a supermodel. And um, she told me one time, McGregor, I think her name is, and her daughter, this was probably about 15 years ago, and they were they were from Orlando. And for some reason, they did some kind of casting was done in Orlando and an agency said, we really like to see you in New York. So the mom was like, yeah, 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 let's go. We can do some shopping in New York. Let's go. Right. So she was in the casting and she um, she walked out of the casting and uh, Janice said that they were down on the ground floor and her, her phone started ringing and they said, we want to sign your daughter. Now, she wasn't a supermodel yet. And Janice, like, uh, I live in Florida and I'm a single parent and I've got three daughters. And they said, we need her in New York. <laughs> so Janice moved everything up to New York. She moved up to northern New Jersey so her daughter could go into casting. And now she, it's been, she's retired by now. I think she married a very wealthy man and had children and stuff. But she literally gave up everything for her daughter's dream and she became a supermodel to the point of Janice was up in New Jersey. And I'll send you that book. It's like how to make a supermodel. Um, And um, she, um, the daughter bought her a big, huge home in Florida. So she was able to finally go back to what she left. That's amazing. Yeah. And I, I think there's a lot of parents out there that have sacrificed a lot for their kids, um, to make their careers. And it's a really hard choice because sometimes half of the one side of the parent and the kids stay in one state and the other parent goes with the child to Mm -hmm. the other state um to to make it work and it and it can be very rocky for a couple years and so um i think parents need to understand that it's a sacrifice that not just the child has to make but the whole family has to make especially when they're under the age of i would say even 20 because even though they're 18 i'm sorry i've got i've got lots of kids <laughs> So, so for me, like I'm still helping my college kids, you know, with stuff. And, and so that's, um, it's just being part of, of being a parent. And so if you're going to be supportive in this modeling career, I'm pretty sure that the child's not going to be able to take care of herself, um, 
those first, you know, 18, 19, 20, they're still going to need a parent to kind of help them or they're just gonna have to work really, really hard. Um, I do have, I have, uh, I know of some girl, some girls who don't have families or who are, who were an orphan, you know, um, at one point in their life and they had to work a night job during the night to make the money to survive and then, uh, work day for modeling. So it was, um, you have to understand there's going to be a sacrifice. It's not going to be like a free ride all the way there. No. And I would say that, and what the beauty is too, I have to say, I mean, it's terrible what's going on in New York. I love New York. I absolutely love New York, but what is happening is industries are starting to shake up. Like, um, I was talking to Brenda, my, um, uh, executive uh, uh executive of operations she cans out of georgia tons of films are, are being made in georgia now yes it's not just reality tv now it's really tv and i, I was at uh tyler perry's studio you know we i went down there to an event beautiful compound you know big huge full studio so what is really good is that i think too and Britt, i think we were talking that many of the actually like um, free free people, they're actually doing, they're not coming into New York anymore. They're no. actually shooting in Philadelphia. Yes. Where they're from, you know? Yes. And a lot of brands are starting to do that. They're starting to do in-house shoots and they're either flying the models in or finding really strong local models that haven't left yet for New York. Um, uh, but yes, yeah, that is happening now. Um, and I should mention to everyone that we're going to be um, putting down any links underneath um, this interview so that you can um, find things, including um, High Tech Moda. Um, we'll put all of the information down there as well um, for you so you can take a look at um, her company. Um, and also Janice's book. It's just a very good education. Yeah. Not that I'm, I'm promoting her books, but I mean, it's a true story. It's a, it's a, you know, when moms sit there and say that to you, and I think, wow, what that's amazing, the sacrifice that she did for her daughter as a single mom with three other kids, just throw them in the car, and we're, guess what, we're going to northern New Jersey. Yep, yes, yeah, it's a huge sacrifice, and props to Janice on that. Um, I do have one more question, because I know we've been talking for a while, and I'm, I'm so sorry, we, we could probably talk for like five hours, but... Uh... <laughs> yeah, we probably could. <laughs> Um, but I do have one question that I like to always ask the models, but I also really want to ask you, um, as a parent, um, the question is, wouldn't it be great if, and if there's anything about the industry, um, that you would see that you would like, like, wouldn't it be great to change this or to add this, to bring a solution to, um, that we can make it better for all of the little sisters, all of uh, Paige's little sisters as, as they start coming into the industry? I think that I, I want to say that I'm absolutely just like everyone is floored with COVID, what it's done to our economy, our world, people passing away. It's been very, very tough on a lot of people. And, you know, my, my you know, prayers and hugs and shout out to because it's been a very tough time in the United States being an American, but it has opened a lot of opportunity. Okay, so to your point, Britta, 
we have seen somewhat the industry is moving. What has happened is the way old school did things as we're even learning in our country, how things are changing as far as, you know, the writing and, and things like that. And the protesting, excuse me, the protesting, excuse me, protesting for change. Yes. I believe the industry is getting, is getting ready for a prime change too. And it's just in these times of darkness, you have to find the light and find the light that's going to change the industry. I think it's time for a change to the industry. I've told Britta that the, the official shows charge $130,000 for 12 minutes. Um, I'm going to tell you if uh, anybody paid me $130,000, I'd give them a lot. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And I think it's time for a change. I really, really do. I think it's a time for um, opportunity, um, looking for the people who have not had the ability for opportunity that we all go together. Uh, another thing is, too, it's very important to me is try to be patient. We're still we have a lot going on still in our in the world. You never know what that next person is experiencing. And I always ask that you please uh, uh, watch out and especially take care of those who have no voice, which is the elderly, the sick, physically and mentally ill, the children and the animals. Um, I think that, you know, uh, the COVID has brought us back to basics. Yes. You know, you know what I'm saying? We, 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 I think we were going too fast, too quick. Yes. And I think that even like, for the industry, I feel like we're going to be going back to some basics and rebuilding this industry off of those basics again. Oh, absolutely. And you know what? I think that that, that it's, it's, it's fine. And that doesn't mean that we're going not. One of the things that you do in a, as entrepreneurs and people that are, are, are inspiring to make change, you, you, you understand what's going on around you. And you help propel that. And that's always what, you know, high tech moda. I've always, I, I, I always am, you know, five years ahead of trend. Before we go, I want to talk to you. Let's talk about plus size models. That's always that gray area. Sure. Absolutely. This is, a, this is a good, wouldn't be great if. <laughs> this is a good segue for that too. So what, what do you think? In other words, Paige said that they are absolutely positively the, the because, you know, the reality is the American designers have even, or designers as a whole have identified that the average American woman is a size 10, 12, you know, and anybody that knows me, I'm, you know, I, I would love a 10, 12, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. That's okay. You guys yeah. all can be, you know, the skinny ones, but they have identified that American women, you know, were very, um, very lucky to have plentiful food, you know, to be able to have it at a, you know, decent pricing, uh, things like that. So they've identified that, um, that people, um, you know, that, that women are, um, uh, not the, 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 the size six, it's, you know, the four, six, eight, ten. In fact, I have models come to me that are double zeros. And I love you girls. I love you girls. Love you, love you, love you. And then they're like, well, I need to be dressed. You know, I go to my designers, you know what they say? I don't have a double zero. Nobody has a double zero. I can't dress them. 
I mean, it, seriously, I can't trust it. Nobody, they, they don't make a double zero. In other words, double zero, they just don't even make them anymore. But also, too, another thing is, too, is I think what's happening in the industry is people are getting to the point of they want to see the person that looks like them. Even yes. though in the fit, you're right, they're pattern, they're making patterns there. But on the runway, they want to be able to see themselves in that outfit. It'll be definitely interesting to see how this forms because I think lately it has been like a little bit of every size. Um, they're starting. I would say the hardest size right now is that six eight for um, uh, for a lot of designers because they either have a, a lower like the straight size girls or they have a higher for like the plus girls or the um you know so um but but the six eights are usually like the laundry swim and jean girls um for the most part um but i think it's just seeing how it develops and seeing how clients use the advertising you know, to the public. Well, I, I know in our country, that's all I can, you know, I can speak. I know that Europe and, and, and different, they, they, you know, I mean, they're just, I don't know, they're not, they're not Americans, nothing. I love Europe, you know, nothing against Europe or China or Shanghai or wherever and stuff like that. But I mean, I'm an American, you know, and, and, and I am who I am. And, um, and, and, you know, my children are Americans and, and I mean, we, we have to have clothes too, you know, I, I just, I think the embracement of change, you know, of, of being, you know, the change, seeing themselves, there's nothing wrong with you because you're a size 14, you know what I'm saying? There's nothing, yes. there's nothing wrong with you. You know, you've got value just like the size two, four. Yes, yes, yes. And I, yeah, it'll definitely be interesting. I think there's going to be a big split between the U.S. and then, the rest of the world, like in like Europe and uh, Asia, um, where they may make clothes that fit the sector or advertise to their sector in one version. And then they're going to look at America and then do a different. Have to. I mean, when's the last time you bought something? No, I'm not knocking China, please. But when's the last time you bought something for China and you're like, this could fit my Barbie doll? Who, who, what? I mean, and it's just different culture, you know? It's true. If you buy something online, I always go up a couple sizes because I'm like, I already know it's not going to fit. Like, <laughs> no, Britt, I'm not going into a 4XL. I'm sorry. Not even for China. <laughs> Well, it'll be def it'll be definitely yeah. interesting to see how things change, and um, I look forward to seeing the change. I think everybody, uh, if you can, get onto um, High Tech Moda uh, website and check her, check her out and see what she's about. Watch her because there's definitely going to be changes that she'll probably also make along with the industry. And then you're going to understand how the industry works more um, as well. But I completely appreciate your time so oh, much. Yes. 
I want to let you know we, we're also working towards, after once we get our country and our world settled, we are working working with someone. We are looking to going London, Paris, and Milan. Actually, Amazing. yeah, I know. I'm really excited. I'm really excited to be able to bring the, you know, I got to tell you, I work the whole time, which I, I don't mind doing. But just knowing when I see my designers at the end of the runway and they're just lit up and I see the models saying, that was the saying, this is the best experience of my life. That makes all, all my hard work just goes away. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, we're so excited. We can't wait to see everything. Um, and, uh, we'll have you back again at some point. Thank you so much. And everyone let follow your dreams, but just do your research and just, you know, um, uh, just be careful, please. Just be careful out there. And, you know, if you ever, you know, want to question something, reach back to Britta, reach back to me, and I'll be more than happy to say, stay away from that show. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. Thank you so much. All right, dear. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you for joining us on the Model Jeans podcast. Want to talk about this podcast? As always, we love to hear from you. Jump over to our social media platforms at Model Jeans Podcast. Then come on over to modelgenealogy.com to sign up to be the first to get exclusive updates on our VIP live interviews and all the updates you need to know. Be sure to take the test to see what type of model you are so you have a path to follow. Lastly, do you have a challenge for us to solve? Reach out to us at Model Genealogy. You may find our comeback sooner than you think on Topic Tuesday. Thanks so much for hanging out with me.